You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. To all my corporate quitters and wannabe corporate quitters, if you're loving the podcast and looking for more easily digestible BS-free resources like the Quitter Starter Pack or How to Go Viral Guide, be sure to check out our website, corporatequitter.com, and our Instagram at thecorporatequitter, where we spill all the deets on the daily, helping you get one step closer to just doing the damn thing. Now, on to our episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Corporate Quitter. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest is perfect for all of you who are dying to do video and just like master being confident on camera and just all that good stuff. Her name is Rachel Tapscott. She's a video storyteller and camera confidence coach, helping people overcome their fear of the camera so they can get their message out into the world to the person who needs to hear it. She runs a video production and training business called That Camera Girl, which offers professional quality video services as well as training and support for business owners who want to learn how to leverage the power of video in their business themselves. And I know for myself, as well as everyone listening who like wants to get on TikTok or Reels or just like creating video content because it's so hot right now, someone like you is an amazing, amazing asset to tap into. So thank you so much for coming on and just sprinkling in your gold nuggets of knowledge. Thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, yeah. So what's your story? I know you have a bit of a interesting story, right? You are a corporate quitter. Why'd you create that camera girl? Why that of all the other options? Yeah, because I have a video background. So, you know, I went to university, I did film and TV, and then the job that I was in at the start of my career was as a camera operator for regional news. So just being behind the camera was just my favorite thing in the world. It's still my favorite thing in the world, you know. So whatever I was going to do with my life, it was going to have something to do with video. And then when I quit my job, it wasn't like a, you know, I'm going to go out and start my own business now. But I think in the back of my mind, that was something that I always wanted to do. Like, you know, I'd seen other people in my life, like my dad have businesses and other people. I thought, how awesome would it be to have my own business? So it was kind of just this one day kind of idea. And I expected to be in my job for a number of years and then ended up, I was there for about one year and then I decided, you know, this is just not for me. I just don't want to do this anymore. I got to see what else is out there. So I left and just dived more into the different areas of video production. I worked for a couple of different companies, just learned all these different cool things. And then eventually that camera girl was formed out of this slow process, just getting clients here and there, and then finally deciding to commit it to a brand and make it my business. So that's the short version. <laughs> so why did you quit, especially after a year? Because I'm sure some people are like, oh, you need to give it time, right? You need to sit on it, which like sometimes great advice, but sometimes not great advice. So like, what was your reason for leaving? Yeah. And exactly what you said is what's going through my mind. I'm like, I've only been here a year. Like I'm in my first real world job and I'm already about to call it quits. And so it was hard after I quit thinking, you know, what am I going to do with my life now? Like, how am I going to tell my friends and family that I've just quit? It was kind of like, I don't have the confidence and the strength and the staying power to just like stick with this and give it time. But it was just one of those things where it just wasn't the right 
job for me. That's okay. But at the time, it felt like the end of the world. I was like, I'm such a failure. You know, like I'd gone through school and university and just worked my butt off. You know, I was that kid that always had to get straight A's because always working for perfection. And then I get to this job and then I want to leave. I'm like, well, who am I now? It's like, I can't even cut it in the real world is like the thoughts that are going through my head. So that was a bit of an internal struggle at that time thinking like, you know, is this the right thing to do? Should I just stick with it? But in my gut, I said, no, like it's, I don't want to stay here any longer. So I quit. It was just a whole emotional roller coaster, you know, that went with it. So much fear when you quit too. Like what I like to call it, when I was in corporate, I was a shell of a human. I was a very small sliver of who I actually was. And once I left it, I discovered this new version of myself, right? You got to grow into this new body, this new self-expression, this new way of even approaching things that you couldn't have in a nine to five. So I know you said your family and everyone was like, girl, you're crazy. But like, what was it like even that transitioning period of then getting into business? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, actually, Even the way that I outwardly, you know, portray myself, like right now I have pink hair if you're just like listening, but that was, that's so like out there. It's so you, by the way, too. Thank you. It suits you really well. (laughs) And now I feel like, you know, that's my brand now. I have to keep this going. But yeah, like when I worked in that job, it was almost like, you know, I'm not saying that the job was awful or anything, but I felt like I just have to be here and fit in and not be seen. And like, you know, I didn't really express myself I tried to put creativity into my work, you know, as a camera operator, but it was really just go do your job, go home, like just kind of blend in, do what you have to do. It's all good. So when I left and I started wanting to get more clients and wanting to also just be more confident when I was working for other people as the camera operator for this company and, you know, people are then asking you advice, you know, like, where should I stand? Like, does it sound okay? And I'm like, you know, they're asking me, like, I'm like, okay, I don't have this confidence. You know, they're asking me, like, I'm some kind of expert or something. I'm like, well, I am, you know, in video. So you had to kind of get over that and get out of my shell in that way. And like, okay, so I can, you know, guide people and because this is my area of expertise. So that growth thing, both in like self-expression and then also being confident enough to tell these like CEOs of companies, you know, where to sit, how to talk on camera. It was just this whole, you know, big growth process. Like imposter syndrome at its finest. You're just like, who the fuck am I to do this? Like little me, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I mean, I'm 22 at the time, like doing this and like, you know, these people are like, they're so much bigger and more successful than me. I'm like, yes, but you know, they're not the video expert. It's like in this room right now, in this moment, I am. So I have to like accept that. So then it was getting over that imposter syndrome is really what I had to do to start my own business and get my own clients. Because as much as I wanted to do that, I find I wasn't really getting clients or I wasn't really going for it because I had this idea, you know, I can stay in this like safe working for someone else as like a freelancer. But if I want to get my own clients, I need to kind of get out of my own way, get over this imposter syndrome and just show up as the expert. Because like I know what to do, but I had to believe in myself that I did. Yeah, that's probably one of the hardest things, especially in the first year in business. And even with all the accolades that I've had at this point, I still get to that point of like, oh, wait, I know what I'm talking about. And it's okay to say that you know what you're talking about. It's hard (laughs) to admit that. It sounds silly, but it is. 
Absolutely. And I think you don't want to come across like too cocky or too full of yourself, but it's like, well, there's a big difference in being like that and just being confident that you do know your craft and you know your skills as well. You know, it's coming from a place like for me, helping clients with videos, like I'm helping them to put their best selves out there so that they can sell their business. And so it's like, it's not about me telling them what to do and me being this like big video person. It's like, I'm just helping them with the knowledge that I have to put themselves out there. So bringing it back to that, like, again, having the confidence, building the confidence and just doing it again and again so that you can, you know, look at yourself and go, well, look, I do know what I'm doing. I have all this evidence now with all the videos that I've made for people. Yeah. And I'm also finding in my experience, and I think what you had said as well is that when you're first starting, you almost treat it like a hobby. You're like, this is cute, right? I'm having fun. I'm like playing. And then like, there comes a point of where you have to realize like, oh my God, this is serious. Like I actually have to commit to it and show up. Like you said, show up in the room as the expert. And it's different because you know how when people enter a room and you immediately pick up on their energy, right? You're like, oh my God, they're powerful. They know what they're doing or they're owning their shit. And that's something that happens just like naturally in business over time. But for you, was there any like flip of the switch moment where it went from like cute hobby to like serious CEO, badass videographer type of moment? Mm, That's a good question. I wouldn't say it was like a significant moment, but I think there was more of a, a moment where I realized, I'm like, okay, I do back myself a bit more now. You know, for the first year after I left my job, I like didn't even put any, even really any goals in motion to be honest. I was like, I'm gonna take a year to almost just like mess around and, and see what happens. I'm not going to go like, yes, I want to make the business, blah, 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 blah. I just want to get experience. I want to improve my skills. I just want to see like, maybe I'll land another job. There was no kind of direction. And it was only, you know, after I'd been working freelance for a while, I started to build my own clients. And then I was like, well, I need to have some kind of like brand and logo. And I built that. And then talking to different people, I go, oh, what do you do? And I'd always say, oh, you know, i just create videos. And I made it like really, really small. Like I just do this, you know, someone pointed that out to me saying, well, you're really putting yourself into this little box of like, oh, I just make videos. It's like, look at the videos that you've created for me. This is like a past client. Like, oh yeah, you know, and, and she really had to kind of give me a bit of a pep talk. She's like, well, not gonna be able to build your business if you keep playing, oh, I'm just making videos. And that transition took a bit of time. But then I realized when I started showing up and people go, oh, what do you do? And you go, oh, I run a video production business. And they go, wow, that's awesome. And for me, I'm thinking, oh, I'm still just this person that makes videos. But when I started saying that and owning that, that is when the real transition shifted. It was really just in the language that I used with myself and with other people when they would ask me about what I do. I think language that you use in every day is such a powerful thing. And we don't always think about the words that we're using to talk about ourselves and talk about our business, but it's really powerful to feel powerful. So, yeah. And even just like you had said, I want to reiterate the word choice you use for yourself and others is so important. My business coach always says this, and it's kind of silly, but she's like, When you talk about words and the spelling, it's almost like a spell, like, right? They wouldn't call it spelling if you weren't putting a spell like through your words on yourself or others or the energy or something like that. So like, right, okay, cute and a little metaphysical, but it's so true. Like when you show up confidently and you speak of yourself confidently, people take you more seriously and shit happens. Like it's just as simple as that. 
Yeah, yeah, you're so right. After that point, I think I've put a lot more emphasis and focus on the way that I use words and, you know, show up like that. And because I, I run a podcast myself and I was like, it's the same thing there. It's like, well, you know, am I going to play that small or show up as the host and be confident and just show up in all these areas of my life and be confident and play bigger instead of making it seem smaller. So but you have to train yourself out of that though. It takes a while. Oh, especially being in corporate. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm wondering, you went through your first year because right between the emotions, between like recognizing yourself as an expert, I know you had mentioned that in the beginning, you didn't really plan on having this business or anything like that. You were kind of just like messing around a bit. So if you're willing to share like How'd you manage to pay your bills during this experimentation phase? You know, everyone's always like, well, I got bills to pay and I got to do this and I got to do that. So like, what were those things that you would recommend to people just starting in order to basically leverage their network or actually get things safe in a way, right? Quote unquote safe. So you can do that experimentation. Yeah. So when I initially left my job, I was like, look, I have two options. Option one is to move back home with mom and dad and then try and find another job. Option two, I really, you know, wanted to stay where I was living. And it's like, option two is I figure it out. I make some money and I make it work. I just went to people that I knew that I might be able to do some video work for, but I also just reached out to anyone and everyone in my area who had a video production business and just asked to come on as you know intern or work experience or something like that. And I must have fired out like dozens of emails and just waited for someone to say yes. You know, fortunately, someone did say yes and they took me on just for a bit of a, a trial kind of thing. And then I never left. So, you know, it can be a little bit of luck that they needed someone, but I just fired out as many emails and messages and, and calls as I could. And, you know, more than that one person, I found other people that I could do work for and just initially pay the bills for a couple of weeks and then start to solidify myself in those positions. Like, so I could have some recurring freelance work. Then I could focus on the other things that I wanted to do. So, it's just reaching out to anyone and like, you know, cold calling, cold emailing people, as long as you, you do it in the right way. Some people say yes, as well as reaching out to people that I already knew in video production, because I really just wanted to focus on getting work in the industry. So whether that was my past lecturers from university or people that I'd worked with at my job who'd moved on to other things. So reaching out and asking, because if you don't, ask the question, then the answer is always going to be no. So you have to just ask and see what happens. True that. And I like that you had said you just kept emailing people, right? Kept calling, like never stopping because that's what ends up happening with a lot of people is they do one email and then they're dissuaded because they don't get a response or they get a no and then it's over, right? Or they don't do the fullest extent of tapping their network, you know, warm connections or saying, hey, if you're not the person, do you know a person or like expanding between the second and third connections to find someone who might be able to help you. Like, People love helping. If anyone came to me and said, hey, I need help, I almost have to stop myself from like over giving of my time because I want to help so many people. Yeah, and that's right. Like people do want to help. It's just got to put out there what you're doing, you know, and because I started doing a little bit of stuff with my own clients and I'd done a little bit of that before, I had people in my network that, hey, I want this video made. And so at the time I'm doing it, you know, really cheaply because I was still a beginner, but it's still that's a little bit of money, but it's more experience working with a client and then it's building my showreel and it's just taking all these little things. So in the first year, I just said yes to everything. 
absolutely everything. And then once you start to build some solid foundations and connections and just meeting people and staying in contact with them and, you know, putting yourself out there, which can be hard, but it definitely pays off. And when you start to build that foundation, then you can start to get a bit more specific and picky on, you know, what you want to do. Starting from kind of almost zero, you know, having to build that, especially in a a different area that wasn't like my hometown. It wasn't too far. So I could still catch up with people that I did know, but getting out there and saying yes, initially. Yeah. Yeah. I find that, and even probably for you and really any entrepreneur is that I learned more in the first year of business than I probably did my entire corporate career and like getting a degree. Nothing beats experience ever at all. (laughs) Never. Oh, absolutely. And probably been at this four or five years now with my own business, but it's great because the learning curve never stops. And then you can just learn what you want to learn or take your business where you want to take it. You don't have to follow as many rules, I'd say, as you know, if you're in a corporate job, it's like, this is your job and there's could be room for growth in different ways. But having a business, like you can have all these side projects going on. You can focus your area of expertise here. You can niche down to here. You can experiment in all these different ways that it's totally yours to decide. So I think that's just such an awesome thing about business. Yeah, exactly. And also like no one can take skills away from you. Like you knowing sales and marketing and like pitching and just brand and design, like that's something that will work for any company at any time. Like regardless of the industry you're in, or even if you had to get another job or you pivoted and like that business went to shit and you had to start a new one, like the stuff you learn in there can be replicated across everything. It's timeless, honestly. Yeah. And because when you are a small business owner, especially, you have to wear all the hats and do all the things. So I think your skills, and it's a little bit out of necessity, you have to learn how to do all these things so that you can make it work and make it grow. So absolutely right. Just the amount of knowledge and skills you can gain in the process is going to be, you know, with you forever. Yeah. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk more about videography and just like working with a camera and stuff like that. I know you have a lot of great reels on your page discussing like a couple of things. Like I know today you were talking about like you should clean your lens before you do any sort of videoing on your iPhone. I'm like, oh my God, I never thought about that. But talking about more nitty gritty things, how can someone start creating video content in their business or personal brand? Like it's so daunting, but how can they start? Yeah, if you're starting from like absolutely nothing, never filmed the video before, start really small because yeah, it is daunting and it can seem just too overwhelming and too hard. And then, you know, you're putting yourself out there. It's just all these things. So start really small. And I'd say even start on a platform like Instagram where the trend, especially, you know, you've got Instagram stories, it's more kind of less formal, less like set up and less perfect and just people getting on. They have like a chat with their audience or they show behind the scenes of their business or they share a tip, which is all the things that I do on my Instagram. And it's really casual. So you don't have to, you know, put so much effort into the production value side of things. It's more just you getting your first video out there. So even an exercise that I recommend to people is just get your face on Instagram stories because the biggest things, oh, but I don't know how to talk. I don't want to put my face out there. You know, I want to be back behind, you know, hiding from, um, you know, in the behind the scenes. But they also want to get out and grow their business. And, you know, people love 
relating to people and seeing the person who is behind a brand. I think more and more people want to know who they are, you know, do they align with them? And, you know, people love getting to know the story behind brands and products as well. So if you do it once a week, you do twice a week, you do three a week, you do it every day, you just build up, just do some kind of short Instagram story talking to camera. Because as we grow up, you know, we don't normally hear the sound of our own voices. We don't really see ourselves except in a mirror. So getting used to the way we look and sound to other people, you know, it's not something that we would probably have to do without social media. And it's a bit of a process to to get used to that. Like when I did my first video, I was like, oh, I don't like my voice and I don't like this. And why am I talking like that? And so I'd, you know, pick on all these things like we all do, but I've been doing it for so long now. It's like, well, look, do I really pick on other people when I watch their videos? Do I think, oh, well, you know, they don't have a good voice to be on camera or they don't, you know, have a good face to be on camera. No, you know, so why am I doing it to myself? And you do watch yourself, you do get used to it. And obviously you do improve the more that you do it. You improve in the way that you're speaking and the way that you show up. Yeah. So just practicing, practicing, practicing and practicing is the biggest thing to just get over that fear and start to feel more confident around doing video. Yeah. I love that you mentioned stories because I think a lot of people feel obligated to get, I mean, I always advocate for TikTok, but like starting with the reels challenge or like getting into lip syncing and like all these trends, like it's great, but also, right, it's still daunting. So the whole point is to get started. And so, right, just quickly getting on a a story and saying like, hey, this is what I did today. And this is what's going on for like 15 seconds. Great accomplishment. You did it. You started. Exactly. And when you start, the next one is easier. You know, and it's fun. And it becomes so fun. You become addicted to it. You have to like stop yourself from creating content, honestly. Yeah. I'm so addicted to creating content now. Like, you know, YouTube and I'm not on TikTok, but you know, YouTube and, and Instagram. And I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I could write this or I could make it into a video. I am the video person after all. So getting on and, you know, if you do like a 30 day reels or TikTok challenge or something like that, and may or may not see growth in your account, but you're going to see growth in yourself. And that is the biggest thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't like this answer, but it is just about practice because every single video you make, you're going to learn something and you're going to get better. And you know, the most important thing, you're going to start believing in yourself that you can do it because if you've never done something before, then in your core identity, you're not a person who does this thing. You're not a person who creates video until you become the person who's created their first video. And it's literally, it's like a switch in your internal dialogue because you can't say you're not a person that does video anymore if you're making all these videos. So it's a little bit of a psychological brain hack, but when you just show up and do the thing, you're going to start believing in yourself that you can show up and do the thing. It's so true though. Like, I help people launch podcasts and they're like, oh, I want it to be good. I want to be known as a podcaster. I'm like, the day you launch it, you are officially a podcaster. Regardless of if it kind of goes the direction my went, right? You become like the next like Gary V or something, like whatever it is, you're still a podcaster. You still did the damn thing. So in this case, yes, you're now a video, well, maybe not a videographer, but like you've mastered creating video content and that in of itself is a huge feat in this new game of marketing. Yeah. And if you look at your favorite podcasters and YouTubers and TikTok and Instagram personalities, well, if you actually looked at where they started, 
then it probably wouldn't be too different to where you were starting. You know, you're not going to start off and be great. Maybe you will. That's awesome. But most of the time, you're just going to start off. It's going to be pretty average. It might be pretty bad, but you're going to learn something from every single video. You don't have to post it. If you're really not liking it, you can just delete it and do it again until, you know, you're happy with it. But you got to just start somewhere and build on that foundation. Because if you never start, then you're never going to get better. Exactly. So, you know, you mentioned kind of like getting on stories and all this stuff, but I think what people have an issue with is they don't even know what to say. So how can we translate our story effectively and be more present on social media while we're still learning? Yeah. You know, you're probably not going to jump on to do your first video and go straight for, this is my business story and and all that stuff. You're going to start with something that's a little less personal, I would say, if you know you've never done this before, because I definitely just started. I only did tips. It, It wasn't about me. It was about, you know, this is the video tips and, you know, I'm just the person that provides that. So you have to go through that learning curve and get used to doing video, I think, before you you feel confident to just put yourself out there as your personality. And whatever business you have, you can always do what's happening in your business this week. Here are some tips from your industry, behind the scenes look at like something that you create, especially if you create physical products, you can do all kinds of awesome video content around that. Or, you know, if you don't want to show your face straight away, you can show you know, this is me creating this thing. And then later on, you can talk about maybe the materials that you use or the process that you go through, or like, how did you come up with this idea in the first place? So you dive a little bit more into that background side of things. Yeah, it's just creating kind of more and more things and building on this story. So, you know, I'll keep using the crafts kind of idea, like you can jump on, like, this is how I make my artwork and then go through like your your design process and just talk about it not from like I have to be so perfect and well presented it's like if this is something that you're creating I'm sure you care about it you know so if it's coming from a place of passion and you know you love what you do then it's gonna come out naturally anyway you know you're not gonna be trying to force it if you're really genuinely talking about something that you love doing and I think when we get into business we do love what we do So just dipping into talking about what you do just from a place, like if you're talking to a friend about how your business is going, how you create something, and instead of focusing on like you're talking to the whole world, we have this like exercise, it's like the one person visualization. And it's, you know, who is your your target audience? And you narrow it down to like, who is the person that's actually buying this product? Give them a little bit of a background story, like write it down if you want to, like who is the person that you're going to help with your product? Who is the person that, you know, life you're going to impact with your product? And then just talk to them. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm getting on and I'm talking to everyone that's on Instagram. It's like you're targeting this one person. Your language is going to come across differently. Your presentation is going to be different and it's going to be a lot more personable and it's going to feel less daunting if you're just thinking about this one person that you want to reach and it's going to help you reach them a lot better than if you're targeting the whole world and kind of watering down what you're doing. It's not going to hit the right person that you're actually going for. Bring it back down. Make it a lot smaller in your mind. Who is your one person? Like for me, it's like a business owner 
who's just starting their video journey, is everyone probably that you know, might be listening to this podcast today, you just want to get in there and do it, but you don't quite have the tools and the knowledge yet. And so when I focus all my content and all the tips that I make and even like, you know, wipe the lens of your camera because it's not something you think about when you're just starting, but it's all these little tiny things that are going to help you build all that toolkit together to be confident to show up and get your face on video. Yeah. And I like it. You mentioned though, that you don't have to put your face on video either. Like I have a lot of friends through TikTok and Instagram who have very thriving businesses and they never show their face. And like you had said though, I, I think that there's a benefit of showing your face, right? Because it it makes things personable. But for some people, legally they cannot because they're still at their jobs or whatever it is. But you could still make it work. You just have to master your video skills. Like it's really, it doesn't have to be one way or the other. Yeah. And you know, because I'm really into art and painting and I follow so many artists who do tutorials. I have no idea what they look like. I may never know what they look like, but their videos are awesome and they, you know, talk through, this is my process, this is how we're going to bring this artwork together today. And their content is amazing and they've got thousands of followers. They don't show their face because they're just, you know, sharing what they love and they do it well, but they don't have to be like the personality that's in front of the camera. Yeah. So for those who are willing to put their face in front of the camera, they're like, throw me in the fire, baby, let's do this. How can you grow to feel more confident on camera? Like, honestly, and show up fully without getting just frightened and kind of just repelling it completely. When you start, I would say it's a lot easier to have someone with you who is going to be able to help you, give you feedback and encourage you. But it has to be the right person. Like if you just grab your friend, like, okay, give me feedback on this video and then not fully backing you is going to feel different and you're still going to feel a bit unconfident. But even when I made my first video, I've got one of my best friends, she's a photographer. She kind of pushed me to do it. She's like, you're making all these blog posts, but you don't have any videos. Like you're talking about confidence on camera, but you're not showing up on camera. I was like, yeah, okay. I, you know, I'm like being a bit of a hypocrite in my own business. I need to just do this. So she's sitting in the room with me. I'm sitting there like stumbling over my sentences because suddenly I'm like, wow, this is what I put my clients through. Like, this is so daunting, you know, and all those same things that people had said to me, I finally felt it for myself. But, you know, she's there just giving me good feedback and encouragement and helping me, you know, nut out this video. It took us about an hour to record what ended up being like a five-minute video. It's okay. I've done it then. I've done it. I just got to, you know, get it together and post it. But her encouragement really, really helped me have that confidence in myself because I'd said to her, you know, oh, I want to start my YouTube channel. Oh, I might do this. But I I just never did because no one was there kind of backing me. So I like didn't have quite the confidence yet to back myself with my own business. I work with a lot of people who are using video for the first time, just being able to hold that space for them and give them the feedback and encouragement and guidance because you know, like I said, when I first started and all these CEOs of companies are going, oh, well, well you know, do, I, do I sound good? And they're, you know, being so nervous in front of the camera. He's like, well, okay, I'm the person that is here to make it look good. So just genuinely helping them show up their best. It helps them to feel more confident when they see someone else believes in them. So if you are really just nervous and you want to do it, but you haven't quite, you know, hit the button yet, just reach out to someone in your network, a friend or, you know, a partner or someone who's going to really believe in what you want to do and going to back you to help you with that confidence to get out there, you know, make that first video. 
Is there anything anyone else can do to help make them like feel a bit more confident? Like what's your take on filters? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, if you feel good when you want to use a filter, like that's okay. I think eventually it doesn't matter as much. And when even I like showed up on video, I had to have a full face of makeup, full done. And while I still do that a lot, like for my YouTube channel, I don't really care, you know, jumping on stories. I don't have to be full made up because eventually you just again, you feel more confident in yourself. You feel more comfortable. But if you want to use filters to start with, like, that's okay. That's cool. If that's what it takes to get you to start getting on there, then that's great. Some people say, oh, you know, but we all know social media is not real and blah, blah, blah. But if the filters are there, use them if that's what you want to do. And you are going to start feeling more comfortable in yourself the more videos that you create. Yeah, I agree with that. I used to do, I mean, I'm wearing a full face of makeup right now because I had an interview today, but I wear like mascara and like a CC cream now. Whereas back when I was in corporate, I did the like harsh bronzer and the cutting and like all this stuff. And now like I will literally go on stories with my hair a mess, like literally just woke up, eye bags, like sipping my coffee, like half awake. And it's, I really don't give a shit. I really don't give a shit. It's remarkable. And I think that's the great thing about Instagram as well. Like that's becoming more like people just expect you to be more casual like that. And so you don't have to be all fully done up because so many big creators and people that I follow, they jump on, they literally like wake up and they're in bed for the morning and they go, oh, hey guys, this is what's on the agenda today. And you don't care. You're like, oh, look, you know, they're showing up. They're so natural and you feel more like you're a part of their life and their journey as well. So I would watch that and go, okay, well, I'm being so hung up on what I look like, even just to get on Instagram stories. And I'd record it 1500 times. I was like, what if I just did it like I was going live? And I, you know, I just was still just pre-recorded. I was like, what if I just pretended like I was going live and I had one take? And that just totally changed the way that I spoke as well. And there's probably some ums and ahs in there, but does it really matter? Do people really care? And then, you know, progress to, well, what if I don't want to put a full face of makeup on, but I want to share this with my audience? It's like, does it really matter at the end of the day? And you get to a point where you go, no, I'm just going to, you know, put my phone up, talk to my audience as if, you know, they're here with me on this journey. They know who I really am then, you know, it's not kind of just putting up this face that's just for social media anymore. Obviously, as a videographer, there's still absolutely the place for the very professional, fully done up, full set type of videos. But I think more on social media, there's definitely the place just to be really casual and just really be yourself and not care so much about all those things. And I think that's just really healthy just for yourself as well to be able to go, you know what? doesn't matter what I look like. I have something to share. I'm just going to have the confidence to get out there and share it no matter what I look like. It's becoming the norm, which is really nice, right? This like vulnerable, natural way of approaching things, right? Personalities, your body, like all these quirky things, which is so refreshing because like we're not robots. Things aren't perfect. People should know it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that is more of that trend going now on social media compared to a few years ago. So I think it's becoming a lot, a lot more about being vulnerable and being yourself. And I even know a lot of the people that I follow, it's like I follow them because of their story and how vulnerable they are showing up on camera. And it just really draws you into them and draws you into their story. 
it's a different kind of relationship you you have with them to if someone's, you know, just there like, kind of like hiding behind their brand and this is what we do and, and you've got the next person that's like bringing you into the origin of their business and the struggles they've had along the way and all this stuff. It's going to be more memorable in your mind and you think about that product or service that you need, you might be more likely to think about that person that you feel like you have this connection with because you know so much of their story and you just feel drawn to support them and you want to work with them or they align really well with your own story. There's a lot of power in just genuinely getting on, being vulnerable, you know, sharing all the good and the, the, the trials and stuff that you go through in business because that's so relatable to everyone when if you just post all the perfect stuff. It's like, yep, that's awesome. But, you know, it's kind of a bit of a separation of, you know, you're not so relatable to the everyday person who might have gone through the same things. Yeah. So speaking on just like relatability, confidence on camera, right, all these things we've talked about, are there any like do's and don'ts right off the top of your head that you would recommend for people who are doing this, like big red flags or like green flags for videography? As in for presentation or like the kind of more technical side of things? I guess either or, whatever you feel called to share. Like for example, what I tell people, like if they're doing TikTok or something, I'm like, put words on the actual video or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because definitely like from a consumer point of view, consuming video, I think there's something like 85% of videos are viewed with the sound off. So using captions or text or something instead of just your face talking, put an extra element on there so people can watch it without sound or, you know, just makes it a bit more interesting. And it depends on your audience too, like in who you're targeting because, you know, some people might be really, really successful just getting on and talking because they're a natural storyteller, they have a lot of charisma and, you know, people are just drawn to watch them. But that might not work for everyone. Or like you can take reels, for example. Some people, every single reel I do, it's just, you know, dancing, it's transitions and it's titles. And that really, really works for them. But that might not be for someone else. You don't want to dance and do all this kind of other trendy stuff. So you just want to talk. Give it a little bit of extra element. If you're feeling bored when you're watching your own video, then someone else is probably going to be bored as well. So, you know, when you've you've made a few and you want to start working on your production value side of things. Think about things like, you know, does the shot look nice? Is the lighting nice? Is the background kind of nice? Especially audio, if you are talking to camera, is the audio good? Or if you're outside and it's really windy, people are not really going to want to listen to bad quality audio. So just getting little tools, you can get little microphones that plug into the base of your phone even, and just up the little production quality side of things with the right lighting thinking about audio, thinking about titles, giving your video a start, middle and end, using a call to action at the end of that. And also, you know, if it's social media especially, people have really short attention spans. So if you're delivering tips and content and stuff that's like educational, still how are you going to keep it short and succinct? And so people can take bite-sized elements away from it and then maybe save your really long-form content for platforms like YouTube, where that's where people go dedicatedly to watch long form videos. And there are so many different things that, you know, we we could talk about, but it's really just who is your audience? Who are you going for? And then what platform 
are you using and like who is the audience that is actually consuming that content and even watching videos that people make that are also in your industry and seeing what they're doing and getting ideas from that and people you know who are really successful that is in a similar niche to you are obviously you don't want to just full-on copy someone but like you know in what ways would that work for you or ideas you can take from that and compare lots of different things that you see and what you enjoy because at the end of the day, video is fun. It's got to be fun. So you've got to have fun creating it too. So as much as you want to create content for your audience, well, do you enjoy creating your own content too? And if you are having fun doing it, the person who's watching it is going to pick up on that energy and, you know, enjoy watching it too. Oh yeah. The secret of business I'm convinced is having fun. Absolutely. <laughs> I really agree. <laughs> yeah. So I know you mentioned like microphone and lighting and all this stuff. So like, what are some tools you recommend, like equipment and stuff? Yeah, for, you know, kind of the bare minimum setup, especially if you're doing, you know, talking pieces a lot or even just to run a YouTube channel, you can do that with your phone as long as you have a little microphone. So you can get a small microphone. It's called a SmartLav. It's from Rode. So you can just plug it into the base of your phone. It's a little lapel you clip on your collar and that's going to help your audio boost it up a lot, especially if you're filming in a different location that's noisy, then the audio quality is going to be so much better. And the second thing is to have some lighting or at least have a setup where you can get some natural lighting from windows in your home. Your face needs to be brighter than the background is basically, you know, the easiest way to put it. You can get some small like LED lights. You can even get lights that you clip onto your phone if that's what you're using to record to just give your face a little bit of a boost. And those two things are the main things that I'd suggest to have in your arsenal. If you want to start to get more creative, like I have a few lights, small LED lights that have little colored filters on them. And so when I do my YouTube videos or, you know, I just want to make it look a little bit more creative, I can chuck a pink or a blue light in the background and it'll change my really boring white wall office where I don't have a lot of furniture or props into a much nicer set because it's pink and it's orange. And then you just chuck different elements in there with lighting and I've got, you know, LED lights on my face. So it just ups the scale. If I turn all that off and put my ceiling lights back on, it looks pretty ugly. So, you know, you can get these basic little LED lighting tools to really just change up the whole look of whatever room you're filming in. Yeah. I would say that's probably the hardest thing, especially if like you're traveling or you're living at home. Like you don't always have the option to like do a whole paint job and like all this stuff. You got to kind of go on the fly. Just changing the light does make a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. And you know, the other thing, if you're working with nothing, you don't have the tools, you can still position things in the room, position yourself in the room so that, you know, it looks a bit more creative. And I'd say, you know, don't cream yourself up against a wall because it's going to feel really enclosed and like you're crammed up against the wall. So you want to get some physical space between you and your background and then make sure you always have your light source in front of you instead of above you because that's going to give you shadows in all the wrong places if you're just using ceiling lights above your head. So if you're just working with natural lighting and just, you know, make it feel a bit more spacious by just having a bit of space behind you, a bit of space in front of you, in front of a window, and you can make a pretty decent video just by moving around the room and trying different things and seeing what looks nice, just working with what you have. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, that comes with practice, but you do have a, a download, right, that has equipment suggestions and stuff? Yeah, so if you go to uh, my website, thatcameragirl.com, there will be an equipment guide there that you can download. And I have a couple of different microphone options, a couple of different lighting options, and you can get more advanced. And even, you know, I've got things on there like a teleprompter. So if you want to do long form videos, you can have like the newsreaders have with the text coming up, you know, on the screen in front of your camera. And yeah, there's a few extra bits and pieces. I think that colored LED light is also on there. So yeah, you can just get what you need and have a nicer production value just with some relatively inexpensive tools as well, which I think is the awesome thing. Like it's becoming less and less expensive to have good equipment and put a great video or podcast together. So yeah, seriously, I think with my ring light, my microphone, my mic stand and a pop filter, it's all under a hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. So (laughs) (laughs) no excuses guys. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So this has been awesome. I think a lot of people who are listening are going to get the confidence and just like, you know, the basic understanding of how to make great videos and actually start their video journey. One thing I like to do with all my episodes is to ask one final question. So if you could give advice to your younger self, whether that was 22-year-old Rachel who just quit her job or even younger, what would that be? Yeah. Look, 22-year-old Rachel, if I could just say to her, like, just back yourself, you know, back yourself earlier than what I did. I think, you know, the biggest thing is, um, and even younger Rachel, like working so hard, but not having the confidence to really go for what I wanted to do. And, you know, thinking that, oh, well, you know, one day when I have experience and when I have confidence, you know, I'll go and do what I want to do. But the time is now to back yourself and just believe in yourself and go for the thing that you want to do, regardless of what anyone else says. So that is it. Just, just back yourself always. Yeah, I agree. So where can people find you if they want to connect with you, if they want to hire you, if they want to, you know, check out more of your videos? Yeah. So you can find me at That Camera Girl on pretty much all the social media. You can go to thatcameragirl.com if you want to reach out, talk about video ideas. I also do a 30-minute free video strategy session. So if you want to either make videos yourself and you just don't really know where to start, we can talk about that. Or if you do live in Australia and you want to make some videos, I still offer the full video production service, you know, start to finish, helping you feel more confident on camera or even, you know, setting up your own space to film better videos. I can do sessions like that as well. So jump on, I think I'm on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, and I post video tips, you know, almost every day. So I'm on one of the platforms. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I really, I really, really appreciate it. And I hope people check you out because like, you know what you're talking about. People need more of you. Thank you. It's been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And, you know, I hope if you're listening to this episode, you feel confident you're going to get out that camera and jump on video, you know, because I'd really love to see more people have confidence in themselves just to get themselves out there. Yeah. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Gabby. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. Visit corporatequitter.com for resources, extended content, and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter, and to learn more about how you can leave the 9 to 5, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, guys.